Most of us in healthcare are warm, caring people who are committed to keeping our patients safe and doing no harm. But there are some among us who do the unthinkable and betray our noble profession. On this podcast, we like to shine a light on the good and the bad. Each week, I'll be joined by another healthcare professional, and together we'll dive into these stories while chatting about nursing and healthcare along the way. I'm Tina, a registered nurse, and this is Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Welcome back to another week of nursing and healthcare, um, mixed with a little bit of true crime. This week we have, oh my goodness, I have a crazy story for you. You are not going to believe this. First of all, we're going to travel all the way across the pond, as they say, and bring you a story that is notorious in London and. I know we have a lot of listeners over there, so I think you guys are going to be excited about this. It's crazy. Just, I'm going to leave it at that. Let me just say, so kind of story. And then for the good nurse story, real, just amazing story. I'm not surprised because I know how wonderful nurses are, but it's just another example of the way nurses are just amazing and self-sacrificing. So, But I am really excited about my guest host for this week because it is a longtime friend, personal friend, and friend of the podcast, Nurse Jessica Seitz. Hey, Jessica. Hi. Hi, Tina. <laughs> Thank you for having me back again. Always, guess, always. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't scare you off last time, so that's no. good. Nope, not going to scare me off. I love following <laughs> your your social media posts. They're hysterical. I I see things all the time that remind me of you. I'm just like, you're just hilarious. So in the world where nursing and healthcare can get so such can be such a downer lately, and you know, and things can get so depressing. And the if somebody like you that kind of like brings in this element of laughter and, you know, fun, and it's just great. I love it. We've got to make fun of it a little bit or we'll go insane. So that's, that's definitely why, why I do it. And I enjoy doing it. So it's a lot of a lot of fun. Thank I you appreciate for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being here. And I just appreciate you so much. So I guess we can get started with this crazy story. I was just telling Jessica about this just before. And she's always like blown away by these crazy stories. Jessica's thing is, she's a little on the lighter side from me. So she, she's like, Tina, you and your crazy stories. <laughs> This, yeah, and let me let me just tell you, this one takes a dark turn. I was gonna say, I thought I dived into dark humor, but <laughs> I mean, yours isn't humor, but it's dark. I mean, oh, oh, some yeah. of it's real dark. But. It's crazy, and I'll tell you something. There's a, a twist at the end that I didn't tell you about. That I, it's more. Kind of, there's more. There's a it's a very strange oh. twist at the end of this. Oh wow, one. I can't wait to hear this. Okay. Just when you think you know, yeah, it is a it's a very very interesting story. It's one that I feel like they should do a modern, like it could literally be a, a modern day movie. I can't believe no one's jumped on this opportunity because it is a crazy story. Maybe they will after this podcast. You Maybe, never know. Oh, somebody will listen to it and go, hey. Why yeah, it's a good, right. <laughs> 
CBD Stat, they're amazing products. Love them. They support our podcast. Their CBD product is some of the absolute purest CBD out there. And some of my friends use it for headaches. I personally use it for foot pain. It helps with some people with their back pain. It's truly an amazing product. And they are so good to healthcare professionals. Such a good company. You know, I was able to use their product for the first time after you and I returned from Washington, D.C. for the Nurses March. They provided me with some samples. And I used it on a sore knee and then later on a sore wrist. And it helped so much. My daughter even uses it on her back for her scoliosis. And it really does help. That's amazing. And of course, their products are 100% THC free, which is great for travel nurses who have to take a drug test every three months. They only offer very strong CBD greater than 1,000 milligrams. If you're interested, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. That's cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse, bad nurse in there so they'll know that we sent you there. I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing, to go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there. And you can also see what they pay, the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. I'm a travel nurse now with Trusted Health, and I absolutely love working for them. So go to trustedhealth.com, be sure and put forward slash good nurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today. So having said that, this is about Dr. Holly Harvey Crippen. That is his name, Dr. Crippen. So those of you in England are going, oh, Dr. Crippen, I know who that is. <laughs> he was- I wonder if a lot of guys go by Holly. In London. I don't know. And it's spelled H-A-W-L-E-Y. So I don't know if I'm saying it wrong. Holly. Holly. Maybe it's Holly. 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 Yeah. Holly. It's hard not to just say. It's hard not to say Holly. I mean, it just sounds like H-O-L-L-Y. But. Okay. Whatever. We'll go with Holly. I don't know. I like it. I'm terrible at sounding out these names. So he was born in 1862. You know, I love these stories from like way back in the day, because you don't have to worry about like, family members and you know people that may maybe have been hurt, you know, and some of these stories can get really painful for for people. And so it gets awkward talking about things. I like to, you know, be sensitive to the fact that there could be victims or family members or family members of even the people who, who committed the crime, you know, so while I do believe in telling these stories and and get, keeping the truth out there, I don't believe that some we should just you know cover things up and sweep everything under the rug. I'm just that's just not me. I also believe in being sensitive to that. And so with these stories from you know 150 years ago or whatever, I don't have to at least have that one thing that I have to worry about when we're talking about this. So that's kind of good. So he was born in the United States in Michigan. He graduated from the University of Michigan and then went to medical school and got an MD from Cleveland's homeopathic hospital. So after he got his degree, he moved to New York where he met and wed an Irish nurse named Charlotte Bell. They had a son together named Otto, but Charlotte died suddenly of apoplexy. I have no idea what that is. Okay, I was just going to be quiet for a minute. I thought maybe <laughs> I thought maybe I was supposed to know. I sh- I meant to look this up when I was originally doing the research. I was like, oh, I, I got to go look that up. And then I just kept going and forgot to until literally this moment. I'll Google it while we're chatting. Uh, okay, maybe look I can up. figure it out. <laughs> look that up real fast. So mm-hmm. 
She died of apoplexy. I'd hate to have that. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> it sounds bad. really, really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Runs so, in my family. <laughs> so she died in 1892, leaving him a widower with a young child. He was unable to cope and persuaded his parents, who were living in California at the time, to take charge of little Otto. He remained working in New York, where he met Cora Turner, who became his second wife. Got, they got married in September of 1892. So when he met her, she was 19 years old and was an aspiring performer and opera singer. So her stage name was Belle Elmore. And they were quite an unlikely pairing. You know, he was Protestant, mild mannered. She was very loud, outspoken, boisterous, you know, type stage, you know, type. So not, not exactly two people you would necessarily put together. But they got married. He was actually forced to take a job as a consultant for a homeopathic mail order business. Doesn't that seem odd? Uh, that seems mm-hmm. odd for back in the day, like a mail order business, but it did really well. It, it's kind of like Amazon. I feel like it was like Amazon, but it was, it ended up being a really shrewd decision for him. And he did quite well with this as those those mail order businesses were really booming. So he really Im- impressed his employers. And so by 1895, he was the general manager in the Philadelphia area for the company. And then in 1897, he was charged with opening the company's first overseas offices in London. And so Belle ended up following him to London, where she could pursue her stage career like she, like she was doing at home. But apparently, she wasn't quite as talented as maybe she thought she was, because she never really was able to get her, her career up and going. And... From, from her, her opera just wasn't mm-hmm. operating apparently yet, not okay no. mm, what a bummer yeah so she was still living the theater life he was kind of footing the bill for that but her career was kind of sporadic at best and they started kind of growing further and further apart so i guess that put some kind of strain you know she had her whole theater world he's over you know doing his doctor thing and so they didn't really they didn't I guess their relationship didn't go in the right direction, if that makes any sense. Oh, God, things are going bad for Holly. Yeah. So did you look up apoplexy? I can't. I don't know how to spell it. Oh. <laughs> is it A-P-O-P-L-E-X-Y? Yeah. yeah. All it says is unconsciousness or incapacity, incapacity resulting from a cerebral, oh, cerebral hemorrhage or stroke. Okay. Oh. So that makes sense. So she went... Oh. She had a stroke, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know why they have this fancy name, but I guess... I know. That is a weird word. That's just, It's not really a medical diagnosis of, as much as it is a... It's, an, it's, an, it's a noun. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, so in 1901, Dr. Crippen met an 18-year-old by the name of Ethel Lanave, Lanave, who was employed as the secretary at the same homeopathic clinic where Crippen was then working. So she was not at all like his wife, who was just obviously very flamboyant and boisterous and loud. She was very demure and very intelligent, just completely. Well, she opposite. sounds like me. She's just like you, Jessica. <laughs> very quiet and demure. The people that know Jessica are, are like <laughs> about to wreck their cars that are listening. Yeah, <laughs> Because everybody tells yeah. me they listen to this podcast, they're always driving. So I'm like, we probably should have <laughs> warned them beforehand before we say something like that. <laughs> so 
Well, Dr. Crippen was absolutely smitten with her, and she was taken with him as well. So they start this affair. And Belle, his wife, she, or Cora, you know, she goes by both names. She starts becoming involved with the, this guild, this like the actor's guild kind of thing, I guess, through her, through the theater. And kind of develops some pretty good relationships there and becomes really popular among that crowd. And then also starts having affairs with some of the, the, the men, you know, that she meets through, I guess, through her theater okay, dealings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the two of them are kind of leading separate lives, but they're still living under the same roof. So Belle is shocked when she finds out, why would you be shocked? But it, whatever. She finds out that Ethel is pregnant. <gasps> His girlfriend. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. I know. See, she is naughty. Secretly. Mm-hmm. I know. See. Quiet, quiet, but That's always the quiet ones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like that name, Ethel. Ethel. Yeah. So Dr. Cripp, Dr. Crippen was actually kind of happy about it. He was kind of excited. And I think he was probably thinking he was going to leave his wife. But then Ethel, unfortunately, had a miscarriage. And then... His his wife Belle decides, oh, he's probably he's going to leave me, and then that's going to leave me in this situation where, like, you know, I because he was her income, he was her source of income, so she couldn't have that. So she starts basically she threatens to ruin his reputation. She's like, if you try to leave me, I will, you know, tell everyone what you've been doing, and so she would not agree to give him a, a divorce. And it just kind of made for things, you know, very awkward situation in their relationship and their household. So all of a sudden, he starts sort of maybe setting the scene for Belle's exit. So he told, and this is, I mean, we're kind of speculating here. He told a close colleague of his, Dr. John Burroughs, that he was really concerned about Belle's health, about his wife's health. So I guess if you find out that your husband has been telling people that he's worried about your health and you literally know there's nothing wrong with you, you might want to be worried a little bit. Like, Here, here's your sign. Do you know something I don't, Nate? <laughs> because right. I feel fine. Well, on January 17th of 1910, Dr. Crippen ordered five grains of what they call, they're calling poison, but it's hydrobromide of hyoskine. But it was also, it, it was used in certain cases, like as a sedative. It wasn't completely, it's not like it was just a straight out poison, but I guess if used in high enough quantities, it would be. So he orders this from a chemist and this chemist supplied medications for his, oh, forgot to mention this. He goes into dentistry at some point. Like this guy is just all over the place and he decides to become a dentist. So now he's a dentist. <laughs> but he orders this hyoscine, which is not typically something a dentist would be using. So that's mm. kind of like... A little red flag there, why, okay. Why do you need this? But apparently it can, in very, very, very small dosages, it can be used to subdue mental patients. So... Why would you be using that as a dentist? Not really. There were no obvious dental applications with it. So keep that in the back of your mind. The last night Bell was seen alive was January 31st of 1910, when the Crippens had a couple over for dinner, some some house guests. And this was like this, it, it was, have you ever had like a couple 
like you get together with a couple and like they start arguing in front of you and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so- this, this is awkward. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what was happening. Except at the time, can you imagine back in the day, they had no means of being like, oh, my phone's, oh, oh, I got a call. I got to get, you know, we got to get out of here. You know, there was no way- to get away. That's you know? when they have to fake like they've got diarrhea or like something. Hell, like hell, I gotta just go. got, oh, oh, my tummy. I must, right. I must, I'm not sure why I threw that accent out there. I must make a quick exit. My tummy's a, a mess. I don't know. My listeners in England are going, oh my gosh. What yeah, they're I? like, please stop. That accent's horrible. Just don't even. Just, it's just, just so stop. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. I stopped do it, trying to do it a long time ago. I love asking people that are British to do an American accent. It's the funniest thing <laughs> ever because they all sound country. They're like, oh. I don't to talk like, like they, <laughs> at least the people I've asked, like that's like the, you know, like the country accent. But anyways, oh, that was on a side note. Okay, carry on. So that was what happened. It was this couple. It was the last time that Belle was seen alive. And, and this couple tells, you know, what happened there. They they were over at their house for dinner. And one of the awkward things that happened was at one point, the man of this couple asked where the facilities were, you know, to go to the bathroom. And Dr. Crippen was just like, hey, it's just down the hall, like gave directions of how to get there. But then when he when he got, the man got up to go to the bathroom, Belle was like, why didn't you assist him to the bathroom? He should have done wayfinding. That's what they say in the in the hospital. At my hospital, that's what they called it. Like instead of you walk the person, you literally there, walk we have there. time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, but yeah, the, he didn't wayfind him. He didn't wayfind him at all. He just like pointed down the hall. And I'm thinking, how big is this place? That I mean, eventually he's going to find it. You. I, I feel like it would be awkward if he had gotten up and like walked. Let me walk you to the bathroom. Let me escort yeah, you. Yeah, that would be kind of creepy too. <laughs> that would be creepy. Uh-huh. But Belle was not happy and like basically scolded him in front of. Oh no! Them. Yeah, so it just got he didn't like got, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things got very awkward. So they they just talked about how you know all evening it was just an awkward situation. So that happened, and then all of a sudden, Doctor Crippen starts telling people, including her friends, you know, she's got these friends at the Actors Guild thing. Oh, you know what? All of a sudden she had this relative in the States that got sick. And so she had to go be with them. So they're like, she didn't tell me she had a sick relative. Like they didn't, you know, something didn't wasn't really sitting well with them. So he said, yeah, you know, she definitely has a sick relative, definitely in the, in the United States. So he keeps trying to like brush them off. And they are relentless. These people, they're like, one of them was a, one of those like strong women, like, like huge bodybuilder kind of woman, like with like her, her show was to lift really heavy things. And she was very outspoken and ha- she would just was being very loud about it. Like, you know what? I don't ever remember her talking about this. And I think that if she was going to leave, she would have told somebody like she just they would not let it go. So finally, he decides to, you know, add a little bit too, so that they would let it go. And he's like, you know, I just got word. (laughs) She got sick. And darn it, she died. So definitely not coming back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so then they're just like, no, sir, I'm not buying this one bit. So they these I love these women because they're just they're really kind of advocating, you know, for her because they realize that 
this is really strange because not only does your wife just go missing, not only does she just mysteriously leave without telling anybody, but now mysteriously dies of a weird, you know, some illness while she's over there on this trip. And not only that, your mistress now starts showing up with you at all these different functions around town wearing jewelry that they recognize as being Cora's or Belle's, his his wife. So he's giving his mistress his wife's jewelry that she left behind. And so they're very suspicious and they're they're just kind of like kind of questioning, you know. And so they go to the police and the police is like, oh, come on. I'm sure she's fine. She probably did go over to the United States. Like they don't even care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, dang. Well, you know what? These women were not having it. So they start doing their own investigation. I just Good love for it. them. I know. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, how easy, like Jessica, you and I, if we won't do an investigation, we just open our laptops up and start investigating. These people had to do a little more than that, you know? They, they had to like get their horses out and <laughs> ride their horse into town. I mean, and then, I mean, it's all the way across seas. I mean, how where they they would have to type out one of those clickety-clack telegram things, oh, you know? Yeah. And then wait for it to, you know, like that whole message. I mean, just reading one of those messages take forever. You know, they have to stop in in between each sentence. So they do, though. They start investigating and they go back to the inspector, like to the the police. And they're like, hey, we've done a little investigating and there is no relative. And she never was seen by anybody in the States. And nobody knows anything about her getting a disease and dying. So you need to look into this. So then he's kind of forced, his hand is kind of forced to really look into this. He's like, great. All right, fine. So he goes and interviews Dr. Crippen at his apartment. And Dr. Crippen now has a new maid in his employee who, it's weird, she looks a whole lot like that secretary that was working at his his dentist office. But you know, yeah, it's very weird. So he goes and he's like, so some people are just saying, you know, that that your wife went missing and they think it's a little suspicious that, you know, she just left without telling anyone and then she mysteriously died of a weird illness. And I'm just checking to see, like, is that true? And Dr. Crippen's like, yeah, absolutely, 100%. It is 100% true. And he's like, all right, good enough for me. And he leaves. So, you know, he's like totally convinced and not going to look into it anymore. Literally dropped the whole thing. So that's what women were worth back then, back in the day. So then Dr. Crippen, though, was spooked by this visit from this inspector. Uh-oh. because Yeah, the inspector didn't tell him that he was dropping it. But when he left, he really had decided like, I'm not really going to do anything. He wasn't going to look into it anymore. He literally had gotten away with whatever he did. If he did anything, but... He decided for whatever reason, like, okay, this guy's coming here and interviewing me and it doesn't, this doesn't look good. So I need to get out of here. So he tells his mistress, we, we need to leave. Like we need to go away for like a year just to let everything, all this die down. So they get on a ship heading to Canada. They decide to flee to Canada. Well, while they're on the, okay, so not only did they decide to go, this <laughs> is so much, you, you know where I'm going with them. <laughs> Great. This story is insane. Are you thinking about going back to school to get a master's degree? Maybe a family nurse practitioner degree? Well, 
It's so important to choose the right program. Samuel Merritt University's MSN FNP program has a 100% employment rate after six months. Unbelievable. And Samuel Merritt University has been kind enough to continue to sponsor our podcast, and they want us to let you know they're continuing to offer a $10,000 scholarship to anyone enrolled in their MSN, DNP, or Family Nurse Practitioner programs. If you're interested in getting more information about these programs, you can visit them at smumsn.com. That's smumsn.com. And of course, we'll put that link on our website if you want to just go to goodnursebadnurse.com. So he decides, well, we don't, we, we don't need to go, you know, as you and me, because that's going to be really suspicious looking. So I need you to dress up like my son. And so she dresses up like a man, puts her hair, and then back then their hair was like really, really long. She had this really long, thick hair. So imagine- Wait, did a, he have a son? No. Well- in real life, did he? No, he had the son that was back in California, but he didn't have anything okay. to do with him. But no, he was like going under an assumed name. He wasn't even being himself. He was completely like going under an assumed name. Why couldn't he even just had her dress up looking like a different woman? I know. So that's what really threw everyone off. This because is very odd. People on the ship, number one, they couldn't keep their hands off each other. So <laughs> it's like, what kind of father and son relationship is this? That's just weird. And okay. So, and number two, she didn't really pull it off. She was obviously very demure and very effeminate and very just, she just did not pull it off as a boy. And so they they got suspicious, went to the captain. The captain actually had a newspaper and he... He's, he's like kind of putting two and two together. And he's like, yeah, there is a story about this man who was going to be, who was, fle- who was, you know, fleeing the country in England with his mistress. And he sends a telegram back to England and told them, hey, I think that this man that you're looking for might actually be on the ship. And so once they, it was kind of confirmed with the investigator back in England that, yeah, that's got to be them. They took a fast, this is crazy. They took a faster ship. Like their, the ship that they got on was faster than the ones that, that Dr. Crippen and his mistress were on. And so they literally passed them up on the sea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They passed them up on the sea and they make it to Canada before Dr. Crippen and, and his mistress. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. I keep calling her that, but they make it there before and I, I'm telling this by like I usually go through my show notes, but I wa- I like studied this so much and watched so many. I was sick yesterday, so I watched so many videos on this that I know the story by heart. You're like I don't even need to look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get there. They get there. They meet them. You know, right off the ship. Like, mm, you're not a boy, are you? Nah. And she's like, No, I'm not. And please give me a dress. She was so over. They're like, Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. You're no man. <laughs> she was so over it. She was like, Please just give me something feminine to put on. So here, they arrest both of them, take them back to England. For what's really ironic is that had they fled to the United States, then that inspector that was coming after them would not have had jurisdiction over them and would not have been able to arrest them. So he could maybe have gotten a, you know, away to the United States. And who knows, it, it would have at least been more difficult for them to capture them. So, but they ended up arresting them, bringing them back for trial. And so they tried them separately. She was found not guilty. They They charged her with accessory after the fact because they were just like, they didn't really think she had anything to do with the murder, but they didn't see how she could not at least know what had happened because she was wearing Cora's jewelry and 
she's fleeing she the country, she, dressing she up just, like a boy. Yeah. Right. She just went along with it, mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah, and what she is, say, is saying is, no, I... I knew that people were questioning him, but I didn't think he had anything to do with it. And he didn't. And, and, and she was saying she still didn't think he had anything to do with it. But in their mind, it was like, well, we don't believe you. So they, <laughs> she was found not guilty, though. And she was set free. He was found guilty because what's so funny is that whenever, you know, he got so spooked by the inspector coming to interview him that he left, when he left and fled, that's when the inspector got suspicious. He'd never gotten suspicious the whole time that these women were coming to him, telling him all these things about Cora, how she never would have left, blah, blah, blah. None of that made him suspicious. He probably would have just left it alone. Yeah. yeah. But because he fled, he's like, so you're saying he's not in his apartment. <laughs> and he went and inspected the um, apartment and like started looking, you know, top to bottom and in the cellar. Okay, this is gross. I'm just going to tell you, it's disgusting. They find the remains of a human. They find human remains down there. There were no bones. There were no organs. It was just, you know, everything else. It's just gross. But how much time had passed? I Well, see, and I had this question as well, because I, I am thinking how. Like, Maybe it was on ice. It was buried in the cellar. Oh, buried. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I don't. Th- I, Maybe I, it t- that takes a while to decay and all. I don't know. I've never really analyzed that. It hadn't been that long because, I mean, he was okay. arrested. Let's see. Let me just think. Look, let me look on here and see because I kind of skipped around since I. Yeah. He was arrested in July of 1910. And it was in January that his, you know, that Cora died. So it was several months, but she was- Okay. Well, maybe then- Possible. So where where did the bones go? That Okay. This makes, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And there were lots of questions when I was watching this, but there's a big twist at the end that I was telling you about that's going to maybe make a little more sense or maybe not. But the thing is, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, why would you- do whatever you have to do to get rid of bones, which they're saying they they think he like soaked them in acid or something like that. Yeah, oh, not what? just get rid of everything, right? Or or the stuff that's the easiest to disintegrate. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It did not make a lot of sense. So I did have a problem with that when I was initially watching this. I was just like, okay, that's not making any sense, but let's keep going, you know. But that is what. Or got maybe him. maybe he thought by the time anybody would find remains the only thing left to look at would be bones or teeth. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, oh, but this is going to end up, whatever, decaying. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it would eventually decay and, you know, disintegrate. Maybe that he was just thinking the bone, I don't know. I'm trying to. It it just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me when I was, when I was kind of. Well, he also had his woman dressing as a man. So, So, yeah, lots of things that necessarily make a whole lot of sense. He's not necessarily following the path that most of us would. Exactly. So who knows? Okay. So, so um, that is mainly what got him because there was a specialist, sort of a forensic type person who said that there was a scar on the, the, the flesh that matched a scar that she had from like a surgery. 
And they had someone testify that, yeah, she had a, a, a scar, it looked like this. And then the forensics person said, yeah, this, they, they, they still have the slide, like you can look it up and see the slide of like, flesh and see the scar on it that they used to basically convict Match it him. up. Yeah. Hmm. And that's really probably what sealed it for him. I mean, the thing is, though, even if he hadn't really confirmed it with the scar, the fact that your wife goes missing, you tell this big elaborate story about her leaving and then dying. And Mm -hmm. then you take when they start investigating, you leave and then they find human remains in your cellar. Who is this person? Like, you know, now they did just move there. So it's not because they they actually had moved into that not they hadn't been there very long. But still, what's you know, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have still been able to convict him, but there's definitely that sealed the deal, you know, having that that forensic person saying, yeah, it, it was definitely her. So he was sentenced to be hanged. And so he was executed and it was a whole, you know, all, like it was a big deal. Like the the whole country was enthralled by the story, even Winston Churchill weighed in on this because he had appealed, I guess, to have the execution changed over to just, you know, life in prison or whatever. And he, Winston Churchill reviewed the whole case Mm -hmm. and then decided not to let him do that. He did let him, I guess, meet with his, his mistress. He did let, he did let him meet, meet with her one last time, I guess, but decided to let him go ahead and be hanged. And he was. So he wow. was hanged. And then Ethel, the the mistress, sorry, I keep calling her the mistress, but Ethel, she ended up moving to the United States and died at the age of 84 in a hospital in 1967. And there's a movie, a black and white movie made about this story that was made in 1963. So I thought that was interesting that she was alive at the time that this movie, because it was the movie surprisingly goes right along. You know, a lot of times movies, especially back in the day, they like embellish all kinds of details, so they don't anywhere near match what actually happened. Really, like all the details match up with all the historical articles and stuff that say what happened. So it's pretty cool, pretty good. I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but I, I enjoyed. Wa- I love wa- watching black and white movies. They're so dramatic, like they're acting mm-hmm. and everything. I just love it. So I thought it was interesting to watch. So I told you, I promised you there was going to be a big twist to the end. And this is so... Yeah, I was like, well, I thought I, I heard all this. What is so crazy is that... Really was a man? really was. <laughs> 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 well, that would be a good twist, right? Oh, my gosh. So... Okay, that's not the twist. What is it? No, what happened is there is a man by the name of John Tresdale, who is a toxicologist, who has for a long time been really puzzled over the corpse. So you know how that bothered you and it bothered me? Like, why would that mutilated corpse be down there? That makes no sense. For me, what I was thinking is whatever, you have to go to a lot of trouble to disintegrate human bones. You know, they, they think he probably incinerated them in like this big stove or whatever. Okay, Fine, but why would you not incinerate the flesh too? Like, why would you not just everything? If you can do that with the bone, like whatever it is you did, what you would think, the whole thing, everything gone, instead of leaving and then you know all of this other stuff there that that could be 
found. And then also fleeing, like leaving the country. Tina, what is it? You're killing me. What is it? <laughs> I'm like out with it already. So, what? This toxicologist decides it's, you know, this is a modern day thing that happened. He decides that it's also very unusual for a poisoner to mutilate a corpse like that because the whole reason that they poison is that they want everything to appear natural. And so that's not really lining up either if he was going to poison her because they did find that hyacinth medication that he purchased. They did find that in her system when they did the autopsy. What they, what, there's one theory that says that he had been giving her that to her secretly to sedate her like at night just to keep her just to keep her sedated and then he accidentally gave her too much one night and so that's one theory like he didn't okay. really mean to kill her he put her a little too sleepy yeah like a little okay. too little too sleepy sleepy so then the, what the prosecution is saying is no she was he was probably doing that on purpose trying to sedate her and then deliberately over sedated her deliberately killed her with it that's why he mentioned to the other doctor that he she hadn't been in good health so that's why the, the prosecution is like no he had this planned he knew she was going to die but then why mutilate the, the the body that's none of that makes any sense so this modern day forensic person decides to go and look into this he brought in professor david foren the director of forensic science at michigan state university who led dna analysis on the scarred skin of the corpse used in the trial you know they've got that little plate of little plate of the the, the scar tissue stuff yeah so they said it was demanding work over two years, retrieving tissue preserved in formaldehyde from the glass slide it was attached to with pine resin. So they followed two lines of research and considers the res results conclusive. First, he isolated the mitochondrial DNA, which remains unchanged throughout the generations down the female line. A, geneal a genealogist found grand nieces of Cora Crippen who would have the same mitochondrial DNA as her and repeated tests found that they were not related to the body in the basement. Wait, what? So they found... I'm confused now. They found nieces, grand nieces. So this is modern day. They go and find her relatives that would have, you know, she would have been their ancestor. And compared it to the flesh. And they said it was not her. So the, the whole body wasn't even her? Not only that, there's another twist. The Whose body flesh was it? The body, they discovered the body had a Y chromosome. So not only was the body not from Cora Crippen's family, it wasn't even a woman. I told you she was a man. <laughs> she, she was a man. The or the other lady was a man. Maybe he killed her. No, because she died later. I'm so confused. <laughs> no, this is so messed up. So there so is a, there's somehow a body in the basement in his cellar. Of this apartment where he lived, where they had maybe just moved. he secretly liked men. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, maybe he had an affair with a man. And then later on down the line, that's why he had the mistress dress as a man. I don't know. There could be something, a whole other thing going on there. I don't, I'm trying to think, like, why would there be a man's flesh? And I think he's just a very unlucky person. And somehow there was literally a body buried in that, in, the, in that cellar. And no he way. had no idea. I don't think there's any way that he would have left. But it had a scar on it that matched. No, it wasn't her. 
I mean, there's no way it was her because it was a man and it was... Well, I know, but so this man happened to have a scar too? Well, they are, what they're thinking is that it was, that, that scar wasn't really a scar. They're thinking that... Oh, that's, well, great analysis by that team. Right. I mean, this is in the, what, late 1800s, but... Yeah, and, I and, guess. And it's still. also, my gosh, I mean, you look, if you go, if you follow this stuff like I do, there are so many times when this quote-unquote forensic science is nothing but garbage. Like, you know, and so it, it's not it's not surprising that there would be a, a forensic scientist who messed it up. Yeah, because the prosecution is going to them going, hey, I've got this piece of flesh. Can you tell me whether because apparently when they first when this person first examined or they pay people off, you never know. I mean, that sort of thing happens too. But when mm-hmm. he first examined this body, they didn't see the scar. It wasn't until he found out that Cora had a scar and he went back and re-examined the body that mm. they discovered, mm-hmm. oh, actually, there's a scar. I missed that the first time. And yep, that's her. Wow, this was weird. Mm-hmm. So okay. what do you think about well, it? And, and they, he, well, he was long and dead and hung, so nobody could ask him. I know. But I mean, I, th- I feel like... Th- it's an interesting story. It's weird. Lots th- of twists and turns. And one thing that, like, there's a guy who his last name is Crippen, and he's like... You know, I he can't go through customs, can't go anywhere like over there without people being like, "Oh, your ancestors are murderer." Like, You're a yeah, I know. I mean, so the thing is, if you really think about it, what are the chances that he's having an affair? His he's obviously everyone knows he wants to leave his wife, but she won't let him. Since she suddenly disappears, he lies about it. He lies and says she's dead. Right. He flees the country. What are the chances that he didn't have something to do with her disappearance? You know, even if that body was completely a fluke. And what's another thing that's really ironic is if, imagine this, that body is like, it was put there like from the person before for some crazy, some crazy thing happened, you know, before they moved in and he had no idea that it was buried down there. If that hadn't happened, they would have never come after him because that was that was what, you know, sunk him. That was the evidence. I know, but I still don't understand how there was still flesh, but whatever. Okay. I just think that it's more likely because, again, I don't, I think whatever he would have done to get rid of every other part of the body. I mean, I guess it can stay there a long time. I don't, okay, this is, uh, well. I don't even so, know what to say about all that. I know. That's a crazy story, is it not? Just not. It is. It is. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So you know I've been doing travel nursing. Well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, y'all know the Echo Technology Company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Litman to make the stethoscopes, to beat all stethoscopes the 3M Litman Core Digital Stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So of course I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know, I can't hear anything with my normal stethoscope because I have tinnitus. And so she was so excited because she could actually hear what heart sounds were supposed to sound like. She said, I'm going to ask for one of these for graduation. And I was like, yeah, you definitely should. So just so you know, the echo technology that makes the stethoscope so amazing uh, you can enable it with a flip of a switch you can turn it on and off it has active noise cancellation up to 40 times amplification 
wireless auscultation using Bluetooth technology. It connects with Echo's free app and software so that you can visualize, record, share, live stream, analyze heart sounds, lung sounds, and whatever body sounds you want to listen to. So you can go to echohealth.com and use the promo code GNBN to get $50 off your order. And that's Echo is spelled E-K-O, by the way. So it's echohealth.com and use the GNBN promo code to get $50 off your order. Did you know that you don't have to go all across the country to be a travel nurse? You certainly can, but you don't have to. I literally took an assignment that's an hour and a half away from my house and I love it. I can stay in a hotel room if I want, or I can drive back home. So it's the best of both worlds for me. For my next assignment, we're going to get a cabin in the mountains that's about two hours from our house. So it'll really be like a little getaway. Also, one of my really good friends is going with me so we can share expenses. You guys, even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. We have a really good, good nurse story to talk about. I'm really excited to get to talk about this. So Jessica, you had a, a, a post about on your social media about this. So tell everybody about these nurses in Turkey. I think this is cool. So yeah, I saw a news story about, you know, obviously there was this huge earthquake in Turkey recently. And I came across a news story and I had a video associated to it that it was talking about, you know, because there's cameras in most hospitals, you know, on the floors and security and whatnot. And this would happen to be on some type of pediatric floor. And the camera, you know, that was mounted there in the hospital happened to be looking down at one nurse. It looked like she was propped up against the nurse's station and doing just something we normally would do, have her phone in her hand for a second. Well, it happens to catch, you know, the image of as the earthquake begins. And what's really cool is this pediatric nurse there in Turkey, without a second or even moment of hesitation, you see she recognizes what is going on. And this nurse I mean, takes off full blast running to her patient's room. You could see the camera picks up again when she gets to the next hallway and she runs into the patient's room and scoops this kid out into her arms. And I mean, you could see everything shaking on the camera, then runs into the next room to start alerting the other patients. I think that happened to have like family members and whatnot there. So you see all of a sudden, tons of people start rushing out, you know, with kids. I'm thinking, this is my suspicion, is that maybe she knew that that one child was there alone is what I'm, that would be my suspicion because mm. nobody else ran out of that room. And sometimes, you know, if you've ever done your pediatric rotations, there are kids that are there sick and a parent or somebody can't be there all the time, you know? So in my mind, she ran to that kid first that was by themselves and then, ran to alert everybody else and then they all start following together but it was just and so i i made a little i made a tiktok about that video clip and put it to some really cool music of it's by bon, is it bonnie tyler bonnie tyler i i need a hero or we need a hero but it's just amazing it gives me goosebumps to see without hesitation how this nurse, they said couple nurses, so I'm not sure if maybe one of the other girls in the clip, instead of me thinking it was a family member, remember maybe it was another nurse, but they said two nurses, but that one just stands out in my mind from the video. Without hesitation, how they put their patients first. Like it's 
I mean, not to think I need to save myself before this building crashes down on me, but it's what's secure. I need to secure my patients and get my patients out before I even think about trying to save myself and getting out, you know, or getting to a secure spot in the building. And it was just really, really amazing because, God, I'm taking over the podcast, Tina, because at the heart of it, I feel like most nurses are good in, in inherently, you know, and most most people go into medicine or in the medical field because they do want to help. And that is one of the things that 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 we do is we know that we put our patients first, no matter no matter what the circumstance, you know, even if there's a fire or you rescue, you know, you gotta get get your patients taken care of. And that's immediately to see it on video playing out was just really, really, really cool. I urge anybody, you know, to watch it because it, it does give you goosebumps. You can either, you know, you can look it up and look up turkey, nurse, I don't know, earthquake maybe, or you can find it on, on my TikTok or Facebook. But yeah, Tina saw it too. And it was just really, really moving. Yeah, it really is. And for those of you, I, so I, you guys know, I've loved following Brandy Carlisle. I'm a big fan of Brandy Carlisle's and she is a huge advocate for so many different causes. And when this, soon as this happened, she sent in a text out to all of her fans, everyone in her fan club that said that they have vetted, they, they, she tends to, when something like this happens, she will vet different organizations to make sure that she is supporting the ones that are doing the, I guess they're doing the most that seem, you know, on the up and up that the, the money is, you know, all going to where it needs to go for for those causes. And so she, what she said in this text is that the white helmets of Syria and AKUT are two organizations that they're hearing, seeing and hearing countless stories of those two groups and the brave bravery and efficacy of the, the things that they're doing over there. So if you guys are interested in helping out in the cause of, of obviously the devastation of what it, what happened over there with the earthquake, those are two organizations that you could look up, the White Helmets of Syria and the AKUT. Also, I wanted to just, we don't normally do this, but there was a a video circulating last week that I could not even so I'm like, I'm gonna have to sneak this in this conversation with you. Number one, because your husband is an OBGYN. So I, I wanted to talk to you about it. But also just like, there, there's so much to this video. I did. I had to show it to my husband yeah. right away. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh, oh my god! I was like, honey, look at what happened to this doctor. So this was in Idaho. This is uh, Dr. Rachel Rachel Oliver. She's an OBGYN there in, all, in, in Idaho. She start she started there in 2017, and someone secretly videoed her bellied up to a bar. She looked there. a little a little tipsy. She was a little tipsy. She was mm-hmm. she. In fact, you could if you look in the background, you can see that the the chairs are on top of the tables. So it was closing time. And another woman is is kind of like yelling at the bartender, like, look, listen to what this woman said. So, she, so the, the video is a little confusing at first when you first watch it, because you, at first you think both of the women are, are talking like this. But no, the woman that's kind of like in the in the front is is telling the bartender, this woman is saying some very inappropriate and and mean things. And she starts telling what the woman said. And she didn't even have to tell because the woman just starts going off. It's really offensive. But 
basically she's saying that she takes care of the, it's, I hate to even say it because it's so gross and so just, I, 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 I know. It's hurtful. It's so hard to imagine a, a healthcare provider talking like this about their patients. Like just no compassion, absolutely no compassion. But she's like, I take care of these, I know she called them fat, her patients. I heard fat. I clearly heard it. Yeah, she did say fat. I think fat, B-I-T-C-H is, mm-hmm. I believe. She did. She did say that. And so the woman that is telling the bartender, she is furious with her. And I guess she's probably wanting to have her thrown out. I don't know. But this gets circulated all over TikTok. And she's not just saying it like, I take care of, you know, fat, fat. Can I say the word? No. Okay. Fat bees. No, it was like she was like screaming it, like shaking her finger, you know, and Pointing. I don't know if I'm trying to think maybe somebody said, what do you do for a living? Or maybe they were, I don't know, having a conversation. And maybe that's how it she because I'm like, why is she telling people what she does for a living? But but she starts, you know, and not, you know, this my I'm guessing that this is a physician that is burnt out and not enjoying their profession any longer. Because you can see that the anger and the way she's describing what she does for a living. It's not like it's it's joyful. It's like she's annoyed. And the, these other females there at the bar were mortified, you know, like I cannot believe that this doctor is talking about her patients that way. Well, this goes to show you, you got to be careful nowadays because there is all... and. There's always can be a camera or a phone right there at any moment. And most places you're allowed to video people. You don't need their permission for the most part. I mean, if it's a public place, you can pull your camera out. And that's what happened to poor Dr. Rachel Butts or Nuts. I know. Whatever her name is. Exactly. That is exactly what happened to her. Well, so I followed up. You know that she got she's been suspended from her job. I know temporarily, I or mm-hmm. well, or maybe permanently, but for right now, while the investigation, because there were so many complaints. To they, I mean, there was videos circulating on TikTok. Here is where you write the board to you know, make a complaint about this physician. So the board was getting so many complaints. The office she worked at was that they had to look into this, you know. So I, I'm not sure if anything else has happened. I haven't looked in the last few days. But Look at your phone because I just sent you a link to... <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> because apparently people are are pulling out old TikToks, old videos of, of Dr. Rachel. Oh, no. Yeah. That is her. So if you go on TikTok and you just look up. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's giving she, somebody she's a, a table dance. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I think she likes to party. She seems a bit of a, a drinker. Um, not shy in, not in any way. And uh, yeah, I, ooh. Yeah. So Snap. Th- yeah, that's her, her literally giving, like, it looks like probably strangers a table dance. Oh, yeah. Because she's the man, probably so hammered. Yeah. That, like, 
The man's l- the look on the man's face is like one to judge. I have been a couple times in my life. <laughs> I've drank to the point of where you like, whoa, what, what, what did what I happened? do? <laughs> Why did I think I looked cute on that table? <laughs> or, you know, and you know, had it just been that, that's not that big a deal. What right. she does in her <laughs> off time, if she wants to drink shots and table dance, okay, but. That combined with the the anger and the yelling at other people about and talking bad about her patients is not so good. Not. Yeah, because, you know, she did say in regards to her patients, they're effing stupid and fat is what she said. And she was yelling it, screaming it like she was basically the way, you know, you would just in in total frustration, like. You don't understand what I have to deal with kind of thing about all of her patients. Well, so then, you know, I saw that. And, you know, there are some people like on on Instagram and, you know, on different social media accounts that are that are kind of not necessarily coming to her defense, but that are saying, is it fair that in in our moment of weakness, in a moment, you know, when we're. For, first of all, not on the job, you know, out on her Yeah, own. maybe she's not like this <clears throat> yeah. it, with her patients. Like, and I, I, I understand that a tiny bit. Like, there's been some times that me and my husband have vented in our own privacy. Like, you won't believe what, right. what you did, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, it, that's with somebody you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, this was... It's just this whole cancel culture thing. It's like the internet that the world just thinks that they have the right to just ruin, ruin someone's life. Oh, yeah. Forget about it. Mm -hmm. If you if you get on that train and they decide that you're out. Yeah. It's hard to get off. There is no forgiveness. There's no room for forgiveness. I've been in the hot seat a couple times. I mean, I almost almost got thrown off the train. Any of us can be can be there. If it just depends if you get enough people convinced and they decide that. You don't have good intentions. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's it, a tough. That's a tough one. But here's the thing: I what she said. If you go back and and you, you know, like I said, if you guys have TikTok, all you have to do is search under Rachel Oliver, and you will have plenty of videos to watch because everybody. I, ju- I just thought of an idea. My brain's always coming up with videos. I'm I'm, I'm thinking now of splicing the video and acting <laughs> like I'm a lady at the bar, and I, I, you know, yeah. hi, what what do you do for a living? And then she starts screaming, and I'm like, oh, okay, oh, oh. I don't know. I'll have to look at that. Like that's a little too much information. Yeah. We'll, well see if I can put that together. I don't know. Imagine. Yeah, the, that is too much information. I'm. Tr- I when I saw this, it's like there were two sides of me about this whole thing. There's the side mm-hmm. of me that is so tired of the cancel culture and so tired of not being able to say anything in public without worrying that somebody's going to literally try to try to ruin your life. Like you don't have. It's not a free country anymore. You are not allowed to say. You're not allowed to just speak freely and speak your mind, which I think is a dangerous world to live in because if you're not allowed to speak your mind, you're not allowed to say stupid stuff that you're thinking either. Like sometimes we have wrong opinions. And if we're not allowed to speak those out in public to people who can then hear those wrong opinions and go, allow me to correct you on that. Let's have a conversation about it. And then you can maybe have your mind changed. Well, we're all going to be just only talking to people that agree with us. 
And mm-hmm. that is not, a, a to me, not a good place to be. I think that we we should never have to worry. Now, obviously, yelling fire in a crowded room, There's there are going to be exceptions to that. You know, you can't be saying things that, that are harmful as far as you could literally hurt someone with your words. But as far as just like expressing yourself and, and expressing your an opinion, and in her case, she was venting and had been, she was intoxicated and was being secretly videoed, you know, the whole thing. And she's done for. I mean, she, people are going on her, you know, reviews are just terrible. That shit, that's a hard one to get. It's going to be hard for her to get another job. I mean, really, it's going to be hard for, because even if that company so, excuse wanted me, doctor, to. So why mm-hmm. did you leave your last right. position? Right. Well, <laughs> and they're well, all they have to do is Google her, and it's going to be yeah. like top story is Rachel Oliver, you know. So it is going to be a tough ro- road for her, you know, to to go down. She's going to have a difficult time, and it's all because someone secretly videoed her, put it out on TikTok, and then someone else took it upon themselves to literally go and dox her. Is that what, mm-hmm. what they call it? Dox, so yeah. Literally go and try to figure out who this woman is based on things that were said in the video and looked looked her up. Oh, she's an OBGYN. Oh, her name. Oh, they called her Rachel. Oh, and they probably looked up OBGYN, yeah. that city, yeah. and then maybe yep, heard her first name. And then as soon as you find a picture. There she is. And they were yeah. able to find her. And then they exposed her. And they were so proud of themselves. You know what? I'm not making a video about this. I don't want anything <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it, on, on second thought, I don't want to. It's don't so be, controversial. Because, no, thank you. I mean, I, I think that for one thing, her I attitude. I don't want to add to her. I don't want to add to her all the stuff that's coming raining down. On yeah, her right I now. think she's probably got enough. She definitely has enough. If you go back and look at her reviews, and you look at her reviews before this happened, they were Was not it good? good. No. Oh no. Well. No, and maybe I. She was a. She seemed maybe she was burnt out and grumpy and being not appropriate. She's pr- relatively young and just started in 2017. I mean, that's not that long. And oh. I, I feel like you know, it's. I get being burnt out. We all can, but you. It, it sounds like for a long time she's kind of been taking it out on her. Yeah, um, she's lashing out at patients yeah. too. That's, because even if you look at the reviews, if you read them, it's people saying, you know, I had something wrong and she didn't do anything or, you know, she basically just acted like she didn't care, was rude, would not show up to work. Like she many times had had a personal problem and was not able to be at work. And so they would have to see a different doctor. So I I feel like she had something going on, you know, before any of this happened. And also, if you look at that video, I don't know this woman, but I wouldn't be surprised if she had some sort of issues with alcohol because the bartender seemed to be pretty familiar with her. They're like, hey, Rachel. I mean, I think the bartender said something like, I'm not doing this tonight, Rachel, or something like that. So she must be a regular where I don't know that she's all sounds like she has compassion for her, her patients, and maybe is to me just should not be in the field she's in. I don't think she necessarily should with mm-hmm. the it sounds like the type of doctor that she is, because imagine how she treats her coworkers. Imagine how she treats her colleagues, her, the people that work for her. I mean, it doesn't 
sound good for her as far as just looking into, you know, the the reviews that are there for her from before. So maybe that's just not the line of work she should be in. But I would say she's probably in a lot of debt. You know, a lot of a lot of young physicians are. It's very I'd say it's very difficult for 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 physicians to get out of medical school and not have certain a certain amount of debt, uh, you know, right. that they're dealing with having to pay off. Oh, absolutely. So I'm sure that her options are pretty limited, but she could always go back and, you know, go a different direction and maybe get, take her medical degree in a different direction, maybe, and do something that's not, not hands-on, like radiology or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Something that's a little less interactive, Yeah. yeah, if you will. But I, 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 I don't want. I wanted to talk about it because I felt like it touched on so many. Maybe different she things. could go into like weight loss. She seems very concerned about yeah. like why don't you just, wait? Yeah, why don't you? Prescri- I mean, what does she expect with especially with pregnant They're patients? Pregnant for crying out loud! Have oh, some boy. compassion. Well, that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that does it for this episode of Good Nurse Bad Nurse. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Jessica, for being here. Thanks for having me. And where can they find you, Nurse Jessica Seitz? Everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Everything is Nurse Jessica Seitz. Or you can go to my website, www.nursejessicaseitz.com. I have links to everything. Thank you, guys. And you know you can find me at Tina at GoodNurseBadNurse.com if you need to email me. I'm at GoodNurseBadNurse on all the social media sites and at GoodNurseBadNurse.com for my website. And of course, I need to remind you, even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse.